Hey guys, Ed from Paranormal Inc. Ohio here, back at it again with another podcast episode. Tonight's podcast episode is about the legends of werewolves in Ohio. I went to ParanormalInc.com group page and I let a poll out that asked if you guys would like to hear the legends of the werewolves of Ohio and a lot of you said yes, nobody said no. So, tonight you're going to get this. I've got a couple stories for you here about some werewolf legends around Ohio. The first werewolf legend is from London, Ohio. Diane found this lovely little house in the woods and her family moved in. One night Diane started hearing little scampering noises outside the house. When she didn't see anything through the window, she dismissed it as just a stray dog or a deer from the woods. Still, something didn't feel right to her. When she looked again, she saw eyes. The eyes were at human eye level, and they kept following her from one room to the next. When her husband Keith returned home from night school, he took a flashlight out and went investigating. He didn't find anything. He looked everywhere. He went outside, he went around the house, he went around the barn, everything. A week or two later, as Diane was doing dishes, she saw the eyes again. This time, they were dangerously close to the window. She backed slowly into another room, and the eyes followed her once again. Diane began turning off the lights in the house, thinking while it might not be able to see her, perhaps she'd be able to see them. When she returned to the window, she saw the form of a person standing there. Diane called the police. As Diane sat in the dark, waiting, she could hear the person move from the front of the house to the back of the house. The police searched everywhere, but they couldn't find anything. Four months later, shortly after the first snow, Keith woke early and decided to go get donuts for everyone. He started the car and rubbed his eyes. When he looked in the rearview mirror, the eyes were there. Grabbing the flashlight, Keith jumped out of the car and began searching. He froze at the sight of tracks in the snow over the roof. Something was there. Keith called his friend Dennis, asking him to come over and bring his gun. Weapons in tow, Keith and Dennis began following the creature's tracks in the snow. His creature was huge and had a powerful jump. It definitely wasn't human. They tracked the creature for miles. Well, after the sun came up, they reached a clearing, and in that clearing was a small cabin. The tracks led right to the back door. Dennis began banging on the walls, yelling for the creature to come out. Realizing how their situation appeared, two guys standing outside a cabin with guns yelling for something to come out, Keith talked Dennis into backing off. (laughs) Keith called his dad, asking him to pick them up. When they explained to Keith's dad what they were doing out there, Keith's dad thought he knew who lived in that cabin, an old man who worked at the tire store. Dennis showed up the next week with an old tire to be fixed. They would at least get a look at the old man. When the manager of the tire store called the man, George, they had the man's name. George came out of the shadows to get the tire. And when he locked eyes with Keith and Dennis, they knew it was him. George's eyes were as intense gold. The tire rolled back into the light when George was done with it. The manager put the tire into the back of the truck. When Keith and Dennis looked, 
there were strange markings and chalk around part of the tire, like they've never seen before. Keith hesitated to tell Diane about what was happening. He suggested she ask her sister over whenever he wasn't there. Three months later, Dennis called Keith and said they were going for a ride. They drove out near George's cabin. Dennis informed him that George was had died. They found a deputy sheriff that they knew who took them to the cabin. You guys have got to see this, he said. Inside the cabin, they smelled wet dogs. There were no personal items, no food, no nothing. Then the deputy showed them the other room. Behind a door, they found a room with the walls covered in plate steel, held together by riveted metal. Inside were heavy restraint chains. Attached to the steel walls, the walls were covered in scratches. Everyone was thinking werewolf, but nobody wanted to say it. That had to be impossible. After George's death, there were no more sightings at Keith and Diane's home. George was buried in an unmarked grave, and his cabin was demolished. Now that's the first story, London, Ohio, of a werewolf. Now, do you guys believe in werewolves? Are they real? Do they walk among us? And yes, they are very dangerous. Do I believe in werewolves? Uh, yeah, but I believe in a lot of things. And I leave it up to you to believe the story. I believe the story is very true. I believe that they saw something so scary that it terrified them and they had to go out and investigate to find out what it was. And if George wasn't a werewolf, maybe he was just a paranoid schizophrenic who was a crazy person who locked himself inside a house and scratched the walls trying to get himself out. He thought he was a werewolf. But how does that explain what Diane and Keith and Dennis all saw? They all saw a giant dog-like creature on hind legs with piercing yellow eyes. I'll leave that up to you to decide. Now, the next story is in Defiance, Ohio. July 25th, 1972. It's 4 a.m. in northwestern Ohio. The moon is nearly full and a railroad worker is connecting up train cars when he spots two huge and hairy paws on the ground and looks up. What he will later tell the police he saw will spark a brief but intense bout of hysteria in a small town of Defiance. Defiance, Ohio is located around 50 miles south of Toledo. The town enjoys warm summers and freezing snowy winters. Notable people from Defiance include a 24-time World Horseshoe Champion and actress Michelle Burke, who played Connie Conehead in the 1993 movie Coneheads. The town has a punk rock band named After It, Defiance, Ohio, and the City of Defiance website describes the town as a great place to live. It was here where rumors of a man-beast started circling in the summer of 1972. The story of the Dogman of Defiance is always told in much the same way. Railroad worker Ted Davis was on the Norfolk and Western train tracks near 5th Street on July 25th when he encountered the creature. He was working when he spotted two large hairy paws on the ground in front of him. He raised his eyes and saw a huge hairy creature, six to eight feet tall, hunched over slightly and wielding a large wooden board or stick. The creature struck Davis on the shoulder before running off into the woods. 
A few days later, on July 30th, both Ted Davis and another railroad worker, Tom Jones, spotted the creature again. This time it was at a distance, and they saw the beast crawling through some bushes. The thing ran away when it was seen, and, and the men heard a scream coming from a nearby road in a direction that the creature had bolted. The men reported these incidents to the local police, who began an investigation. Less than a week after the initial encounter, a third sighting occurred. A grocery worker was driving home late one night when a large dog-like creature ran across the road in front of him. These accounts were reported in two local newspapers, the Toledo Blade and the Defiance Crescent News. Once the story got out, people started feeling like the werewolf was behind every corner. A few frenzied reports of possible werewolf activity later, and then just a suddenly, as it started, the werewolf fever died down, and the reports stopped. The unusual thing that sets this sighting apart from other cryptid sightings of dogmen and werewolves was that these encounters were reported in newspapers and taken seriously by the police. While the police were not convinced that the assailant was a half-man, half-dog creature, they did believe that there was likely somebody going around in a mask or costume trying to scare people. Description of the dogman from various sightings describes it as tall between six, foot, between six feet and nine feet, very hairy all over, wearing dark blue jeans and a dark colored shirt, barefoot with large hairy paws and claws, a bipedal, but was often seen hunched over, ran from the side to side like a caveman in movies. Toledo Blade described as a man with an animal's head or like a sprite wolf. The main sources used the story are the articles published in the Toledo Blade on August 3rd, 1972. The first article titled Werewolf Case and Defiance. Not viewed lightly by police. Written by James Stiegel. Used direct quotes from the witnesses to the report the incident. Although there are some inconsistencies even within this one article. If you'd like to read the articles though, you can find the links to them in essential web links on the web. The feature in the blade stated early on that one man, a train crewman, switching trains, said that he was approached from behind and was struck on the shoulder. This man they are referring to was Ted Davis, which we know despite the blade saying that the police were not releasing the name of the witnesses at this point because the other train crewman, Tom Jones, only saw the beast from a distance. So now, is this just a case of hysteria? Was the man attacked by just some random person that came out and just attacked him with a mask on? And that's all he saw because he was terrified and traumatized from the attack? Then how do you explain all the other witnesses? The grocery worker going home late at night and seeing the giant beast run from one side of the road to the next. Then the other train carman saw it from a distance, but it was a tall, hairy, dog-like human creature that ran. Many people have called it in, many people have seen it, describing the same creature. Now granted, it could just be somebody in a, a Halloween costume running around, but at this point in time, many people were saying they was going to shoot it on sight. That whoever came into their yard or onto their property 
They didn't care if they was dressed as a werewolf or not. They believed it to be a werewolf and they was going to kill it on sight. Now, any average normal human being would stop doing what you're doing because these people are threatening to shoot and kill you. But the werewolf sightings kept going. There are some instances online from the Dogman of Defiance or the Werewolf of Defiance, Ohio, where there's pictures taken of the werewolf or the creature or the man in a costume. There's also pictures of the London, Ohio wolf that are on the internet. Now, the London, Ohio wolf happened in the late 80s, early 90s, and the Defiance, Ohio was 1972 on. And that creature still is spotted to this day. The London werewolf, I could not find any other research stating that has been spotted, has been seen by anyone else. But that leaves for you guys to believe if their stories are true or if they're just fiction made up by them or was it a traumatic experience and their minds was playing tricks on them. I believe it's real. Uh, I believe in a lot of things paranormal and I just think these was two great great finds and I wanted to read them to you guys so that is it for tonight's episode as always you can go to paranormalinkohio.com that takes you straight to the business page where you can see old ghost hunts past ghost stories past lives and you can also shop there at our crystal site where you can check out crystals and you can find out what their healing powers are and the powers that they have. You can also check out our sage bundles that we have on there. You can also go to Paranormal Inc. Ohio group on Facebook. It's where you can also check out the crystal site, which again can tell you the healing powers and the powers that the crystals have. You can also check out the sage bundles there. And also there you can talk, you can look at some old ghost hunts, some old ghost stories and old lives. But also there is where I communicate with you guys the most. You guys can come on there and give me ideas for shows. You can just come on there and direct message me and tell me whatever you got going on. If there's something paranormal going on in your life or someone you know, if anybody needs help, you can always contact me on there. So, again, I hope you guys have a great night and I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode of the Legends of Werewolves in Ohio. I And every Thursday and Friday night, I am live at ParanormalIncOhio.com where we discuss old ghost hunts, we discuss... Uh, recent events in the paranormal and different things that I can teach you about the paranormal. And of course, every Monday night at 10 PM is the podcast. I'm going to try to make, I'm going to try to go from one podcast episode a week to three podcast episodes a week. So you guys can have more in between waiting. So I hope you guys have a good night. I love each and every one of you. Thank you guys for coming out and have a great night.